We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today on Outside the Trenches, we try and figure out why former Chiefs receivers keep saying negative things and clickbaity crap about Patrick Mahomes. We'll get into all that plus a lot more right after this on Outside the Trenches. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome back to another episode of Outside the Trenches here on KC Sports Network. I'm DJ Kissel, joined as always by our fearless podcast producer, Tucker Franklin and former K-State All-American and Super Bowl champion with the New Orleans Saints and two-time Remington finalist for the best offensive center in the country, Mr. Nick Leckie. He's also the organizer of how we set up these shows from now on uh, and rolling with the blind nil. Uh, We each bring three segments or each bring one segment each uh, to discuss for about 10 minutes each for this 30 minute show. Uh, Gets a little weird sometimes, but uh, excited to have this show again as the Chiefs get ready for their final preseason game on Thursday night against the Green Bay Packers. Uh, While the personnel staff's got to get the roster set by next Tuesday, down to 53 players. We've been breaking all of that down uh, throughout all of our channels here at KC Sports Network. So make sure to hit that like and subscribe button so you can catch all of that great content. But Tucker, how excited are you for today's show? I'm very excited. Uh, It's always a good time when I get to talk Chiefs with you guys. Uh, It kind of gives me a nice little reprieve from the workday. You know, You 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 get to talk Chiefs with my buddies. But we don't really talk a lot of Chiefs, though, too, Tucker. So that's that's, that's a good thing. <laughs> I think the key is just getting to talk with my buddies. I think that's a, that's the key. Yeah. No, I like that. It, by design, this show, if you haven't figured this out, and if you listen to Network, you've listened to the show, you kind of figured that out anyway. But this show, by design, is a little different uh, than the other shows on the Network, and that is the entire point. We'll get our points. We'll get our opinions out there. But uh, try to make it a little bit different than the other, you know, 46 shows uh, that we have that are Chiefs related that post on this channel every week. So we appreciate you for spending part of your day with us. Um, and sadly, the news, um, it, it's sad uh, to start today with the news of uh, former Chiefs quarterback, uh, Pro Football Hall of Famer, absolute legend, the Kansas City icon, Len Dawson, uh, passing away. Uh, at least the news came out uh, Wednesday morning from the family. Um, doesn't wasn't a huge surprise just because the reports came out last week that he was in hospice care. Um, but I know I didn't 
you know, working for the chiefs for six years, I didn't spend a lot of time around Len. It was kind of um, towards the end of the time that he was, you know, working with the radio network. But uh, one of the the stories, and it kind of leads into my first blind nil segment, but one of the stories and one of the things that I'll remember forever of my time with the chiefs was uh, after Patrick Mahomes was drafted, um, we were sitting in the studio and they brought Mahomes in to break down film with Len Dawson of Mahomes film and then breaking down Len Dawson's film and seeing a guy, <laughs> you know, back when Lenny played, like, I'm not going to say it was Mahomes esque, but his ability to scramble around and throw the ball from different platforms and just kind of move around that, uh, it was different for that time. And we know Lenny's a legend, but just being in that room. Uh, with the producers for 65 TPT and Mitch Holtis was in there uh, leading everything. And it was, it was one of those things. I had nothing to do with the content. I just wanted to be around. I was just like, you, are you kidding me? You're getting Mahomes and Len Dawson together in the studio to watch film. Like I just want to be a fly on the wall and just help out however I can. Uh, and it was taking pictures of Mitch uh, interviewing those two guys for Mitch's social media. So I'm glad I got to be a part of that. And it was just one of those special moments. Uh, that I'll always remember. So I want to open it up to you guys and not about Len specifically, just about moments in your football careers, not just chiefs, just in your life that you just remember being somewhere and you're like, fuck, this is special. Like, this is a really cool thing. Nick, I want to start with you. Um, Cause no offense, Tucker, Tucker, Nick's had a lot of big, <laughs> big time football moments, but that's, that's fair. Nick, what, what's a story that you have that you just remember kind of being in the moment and you knew how special it was as it was happening? Cause a lot of things it kind of seems after the fact, like, Hey, that was a lot, you know, cool. I wish I would have appreciated it more when it happened, but every once in a while there's those, man, this is, this is special. I should just freeze time right now. Uh, I think to me, it definitely have to be, I'd say new Orleans and it would have to be December when uh, I believe we, we were like 12 and Oh, and then we lost our last three games or I guess we're 13 and Oh then. Yeah, uh, lost our last three games, and then our second-to-last game of the season, we lost to Tampa at home, and it was two home defeats in a row. And and then Carolina beat Minnesota, and Monday night or Sunday night, and we call it we we gained home field advantage. And for me, never being in the playoffs and, and being a part of a, a good team in New Orleans, that I, I was like, holy crap, we're we're thirteen, we were undefeated, we we're thirteen and two. It's like this is wild, like this is. And we just qualified for home field advantage, and it's like just you knew right there, like that this was special. And then once we won the Super Bowl, and and we had this parade in New Orleans, which the city is known for parades, and and it kicked off. There's the Tuesday before Mardi Gras, right? So it's like this this time was magical, and and to me it was the first time I saw that sports transcends sports right it's not entertainment it's livelihood it's people's you know escape it's it's it joined the city and for for what had happened with katrina in 05 to new orleans and then for us to win a super bowl i think it really helped the city as a whole uh, get together and get over that katrina home and and move on as a city so i thought that was really cool to be a part of something that was much much bigger than me and actually help the community that that you lived in and that was the first time I me mean, i was like damn fucking sports is huge you know <laughs> because i had no idea right? i just played it right i had no clue about it and but it was like i was like this is really big it's, i didn't realize how impactful we were as sports people and what it can do for cities i don't yeah, have like, anything from like that perspective of, of like playing in it but i think i think one of the first times that i can like remember something like feeling like okay this is like a legit like this is a legit thing and kind of living in the moment was during that Chiefs Super Bowl run, right? And there was a lot of things, uh, you know, that was 
pre-COVID, and then uh, you had a lot of the stuff that happened after the Super Bowl run. You kind of had that. Um, I know I wrote a story for Sports Illustrated at the time, basically saying that the Chiefs helped stop the spread of COVID a little bit because if San Francisco would have won, then they would have had the parade out there, and San Francisco was already a super spreader. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that one of those things, too, is like having that uh, that Super Bowl win in the pandemic was some of those things where it was, it was really easy for people to reminisce on. Right. It was like, man, remember, remember when that happened, that was a great time. But that really, that turning point of like the Texans game, when they came back from 50 points down, you're like, okay, this team's kind of special. Um, And that's kind of from an outsider's perspective, you could feel that about that team. Yeah. You, Nick, when you mentioned the Super Bowl, it reminded me of a story because one of the when I heard the news about Len, one of the first people that I thought about, and you know, Kendall Game and Mitch Holtis, those guys that spent so much time around Len. I know that they're hurting and you want to feel for those people. Uh, but another one is Dan Israel, uh, the executive director of the Chiefs Radio Network. He and Len were close for a long time. And uh, and just knowing how much Len has meant to the organization, not just as a player. Uh, but as a broadcaster and what he's meant to this city. I mean, he is on the Mount Rushmore. He's the first name that you will say when you talk about the Mount Rushmore of Kansas City sports icons, not just football. Uh, but one of the you know, moments that I'll always remember, I know I shared that story about, you know, being in that studio with with Mitch, you know, doing that video with, with Lennon and Patrick. But, you know, the other thing that I always remember, the Super Bowl in Miami was an amazing experience. Don't get me wrong, but the – Coming back and sharing it with the fans and having the parade in Kansas City, the parade was a significantly more special moment, I thought, than the actual game because there's so many things going around going on with the game. Nick, I don't know how it was back in the eighties when you were playing, but like it was <laughs> just kidding. Before um, Tucker was born. But, yeah, exactly. They uh it just it becomes such a spectacle. There's so many people, there's so many cameras that it takes it's just you know it's a big event because there's so many people there. But I'll never forget, and I'm thinking about Dan here because I know what the, how tough this time must be for him, but I'll never forget going up to Dan Israel after the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. There's confetti on the field. or running around doing player interviews and all these things. I was working for the radio network as a sideline reporter. And we're going up to Dan, and I was just kind of like wide-eyed, like, what do you want me to do? Like, this is crazy. I can't believe we just won the Super Bowl. And he said, enjoy it. Like, just soak up this moment. Don't worry about working right now. Like, we have enough. Like, the show will be fine. Just live in the moment. And I was going around, I was taking pictures of Dan, you know, interviewing, you know, chief chairman and CEO Clark Hunt on the field. Uh, but, you know, those moments that, you know, like, holy cow, I'm going to go enjoy this. So I've got about 25 pictures of me taking selfies with different people on the field because uh, it's the only thing to do uh, to document the memory, as my sister would always say. But I'm really glad. And I know that for everybody that was in that room when we interviewed or when and say we when uh, Mitch and 65 TPT interviewed. Uh, Len Dawson and Patrick Mahomes that we all kind of looked at each other like this is going to be a special piece of content for a very long time uh, as something that we will look back on um, and use to kind of you know celebrate the two you know quarterbacks that won Super Bowls for the Chiefs two of the guys that will end up on the Mount Rushmore of Kansas City sports icons when Patrick Mahomes career is done but um, thinking about people that had you know direct ties and had stories about Len Dawson I I'm interested and I, I don't want to say I'm excited, but I do think this is a, always a special time to get to hear stories that you probably hadn't heard before from the way that Len has reached people and different ways he's impacted people within the community. And I, I look forward to more of those stories coming out. Hopefully we can hear, um, you know, a lot of those over the next, you know, 
certain amount of time. And I'm sure the chiefs will do something on Thursday night before the Packers game to, to honor him. Um, and you know, actually now that I say that uh, I do have one more story about Len Dawson. I, I should have said this from the beginning. Uh, as soon as I just mentioned the Packers, it interesting. Um, the first time that I remember talking to Len Dawson, we were in green Bay for a preseason game and we have always have a production dinner the night before. And we were eating at Lombardi steakhouse. Uh, which was a steak joint that was connected to the hotel that we were staying in. I believe it was in Appleton. Um, and we walk into this private room and it's like the Lombardi room, which is pictures of Vince Lombardi everywhere. And he walked in, he looks around and goes, you gotta be fucking kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> this, and, but bitter for right. He wouldn't mean it'd be funny, right? He was bitter, right? Yeah. He was like, it, he had it, a hatred, it, hatred rivalry. It yeah. ran deep and his face and then everyone in the room just busted <laughs> up laughing and he was not laughing. He did not He's say not. that to make some sort of impact as a joke. He was just like, you fucking kidding. I was sitting right next to him. And I, there was a few times he just mumbled stuff looking around. Um, I should remember that, that, that is also one of the things that I always remember about Lynn, but um yeah, that's it for the first segment of Blind Nil. Uh, please, if you're watching this on YouTube, please don't forget to like and subscribe to this video to get you know all the content that we've got going on at KC Sports Network. Uh, Tucker, you are up, buddy. Well, before I go, I'd like to tell you uh, about our friends at Trade Coffee. Now, I've talked to you guys about coffee before, and I know that Nick is the uh, the coffee savant here, as you could say. Um, Coffee sometimes makes my stomach hurt, but I figured out it's just bad coffee that makes my stomach hurt. And our friends of trade have have really helped out with that because I went and took that took the quiz that they had. I use the K cups, you know, uh, when I do have coffee. I'm a single use guy just because I'm probably not going to drink a whole pot. Uh, so I got recommended LCs, I believe is what it is, out of uh, Topeka. Uh, good coffee. Uh, I really enjoyed that. It, and the thing about trade is they connect customers with the freshest and best tasting coffee they've ever made at home by partnering with the country's best craft roasters. These are independent businesses from big cities and small towns. Trade customers are truly impactful for these independent roasters, often being the largest source of new growth for them. And all these coffees are expert tasted. Trade's coffee team actually taste tests thousands of coffees to keep 450 different kinds live and ready to ship every day. And, and listen, we know that there's no one, there's no perfect coffee, but there's a perfect coffee for you in Trade's human powered algorithm. will find it. Now, uh, right now, Trade is offering subscribers a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping. You can get that PT's coffee. That's what it was. It's PT's coffee. You can go get that from Topeka from Trade when you use our code KCSN for a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping. Can't beat that anywhere. You should get started by taking their quiz, though, at drinktrade.com slash KCSN and let Trade find a coffee that you will love. That's drinktrade.com slash KCSN. For thirty dollars off, great deal. One more thing about about trade too is that is that if, if even if you love coffee or if you're a neophyte, uh, they they source from like all the top roasters in the nation. Mm -hmm. So it's like you, you know you get your your home home stuff and you get your stuff from all the different parts like Intelligentsia, uh, Huck out of Denver, uh, all these different great roasters. So it's a great way to try coffee if you're new, or if it's a great way to try coffee if you're a seasoned vet like myself. This is such a perfect segment for you to talk about, Nick, because you have been a coffee guy since forever. Forever. You. And I didn't know that Tuck had a, a delicate tummy. I have a delicate <laughs> head. Coffee gives me headaches. So yeah, that's uh, why DJ crushes bangs at 11 p.m. <laughs> well, not I think as much anymore. I've cut down to just one a day. 
Okay. That's probably a good thing. Uh, I think it's because I might put too much creamer in it and it's just like too much dairy um, and too much sugar. Yeah. Maybe I should just like drink good coffee instead of putting a bunch of sugar and cream in it. Well, that, um, that's the whole point. That's what trade. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that, that, that's trade. You're getting good beans. So just always, you know, like I tell my kids, Tucker, give me a no thank you bite, right? You can do it like a <laughs> cup of coffee that's just straight black, right? With nothing on it. Uh-huh. got to train myself. I got to train myself. That's good. Okay, but uh, what I kind of have uh, kind of ties into trade coffee a little bit because it seems like these ex-Chiefs wide receivers are a little bitter. Oh. Hmm. Oh. You got like some Stanley bad Watkins. coffee. Like, like some, some bad, bad coffee. coffee. You got... Yeah. You got Sammy Watkins now saying Aaron Rodgers is uh, another step above. You've got Tyreek Hill doing what Tyreek Hill does. We talked about Tyreek Hill last week. We don't have to focus on that. So my blind no question is why are these re- former wide receivers so salty? What is going on? Is this something that Chiefs fans should be worried about with Patrick Mahomes or is it a them problem? It's, I, I don't know, man, because, uh, I mean, I think Tyreek's mad. He probably didn't get paid like he wanted to, but the Chiefs aren't going to set that precedent. So there's there's bitterness towards your old team, and then Sammy wasn't re-signed, right? Like he like Baltimore signed him, right? And so I don't feel he ever quite did his thing. And when you we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're on a new team. You're you're bought into that new team. It's not like yeah. in the English Premier League where you know if you're Cristiano Ronaldo back when he was with like Real Madrid, he scored on Man U and did the the no celebration. You know we don't believe in that shit here in America. You know it's like I'm on a new team now. Fuck you all. That's a, you know, that's not how it goes. But that's you know that's what you have to have. And whether it's it's for real or whether you know they're bitter, they got kicked off the Super Bowl train. Uh, or ask not to come back, you know, that that's on them. And I think as, you know, as skinny guys, you know, most of the guys have the egos. And so they, they want to promote their new guys, you know, like when, I don't know when Tyreek was talking about Tua being better than, than Mahomes and, and OTA is like, okay, come on, buddy. We're talking about practice. Like just stop. Nobody, nobody trusts you anymore. And the chiefs chiefs held on you a lot of times when they had it, you know, so they, they did right by him, you know, in today's world. I think they're two different situations and I don't talk to him. I'm just guessing here, but I think to Nick's point, I think a lot of it has to do with they're on a new team. And Tyreek has even said like, I'm going to support my guy and two is his new quarterback. He's going to support him. Now, are there better ways that he can do it? Yeah. Has he said all of the right things about his time, about being gracious and grateful for his time with Kansas city and everything he was done? Yeah. But people don't focus on that. They focus on the handful of sound bites where he said something else. I think most of it with Tyreek has to do with, he's trying to promote his podcast. 
when he's trying to get out there. It's like it's like going to college for the first time, where his Chiefs didn't have his own podcast, couldn't do a lot of that stuff, and now he's got this like freedom and this platform to just say whatever he wants, and he's just launching it out there, trying to figure out how to build you know an audience for his show, and he's doing it by appealing to the lowest common denominator of how fans absorb content, which is some not necessarily believable quote that gets people fired up. And I've been clamoring this for years that if Chiefs fans would stop engaging with crap content, people would stop doing it. But we are so, as a fan base, like get bought into this stuff that <laughs> it creates so much engagement for people yeah. that whether it's a player on his own show or it's ESPN with a take or it's one of the HO brothers or whoever the hell it is, like they're going to say some stuff because all I have to do is tag one Chiefs fan and then it spreads like wildfire and they get thousands and tens of hundreds of thousands of views and clicks and all that stuff, which is what they need to do to function as a business. And we are a very easy target because we fall for it hook, line and sinker every time. So with Tyreek, I think that's it. I think he's supporting his guy. and I think he's tr trying to promote his podcast. The Sammy one is just weird to me because Sammy is not Tyreek at this point in his career. And I didn't hear the quote. I didn't necessarily hear the context. And that matters a lot in these things. But I feel like there's better ways to say, you know, Aaron Rodgers has been doing it longer and that Patrick Mahomes needs to be consistent for a number of years before he'll get on that level. There are ways that you could have said the same kind of thing in a better way that didn't come across like, no, they're just on two entirely different levels, which is an asinine comment to make. Uh, and it, it's not really like him to say things like that. So I don't know in that one if there's some underlying stuff, not that I've heard, not that we're ever going to hear from Patrick or anything. Uh, and then the other side of my brain is maybe these guys just all text each other and it's like, hey, I'm going to try to create some controversy. We get some, you know what I mean? Like the players all know. And they just start a group text. Uh, I doubt that's the case, but you know, it's not a non-zero chance there. Uh, but the Sammy one is a lot stranger to me than the Tyreek one um, because I think Tyreek has a lot more motivation to, you know, drum up some interest. Whereas Sammy was just, he's pretty thoughtful with what he does, but I don't know about that one. Well, the interesting thing about the Sammy one is that was like a month ago. He actually said that. And it was in like a locker room scrum and Randall Cobb actually asked him who was better Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers. Um, so it's interesting that it's coming up now um, that that's now resurfacing. But uh, he, the way he said it was was very weird. Um, yeah, I just I just find it really interesting. And obviously, my brain was like, okay, now there's two wide receivers saying that uh, they're now current quarterback. Is there something wrong with Patrick Mahomes? But no, there's not. Um, no. I just I, I do think Nick, you made a really good point of just like these guys are just all bought into the team that they're on right now. And I think that that's kind of what the whole situation is. Yeah, that's really it too. And I think what BJ's point too is like you know if you haven't bought in or if you haven't figured out that people are just trying to get, they're just rattling the cage of social media. Like, you know what, if you want to engage something, take a screenshot and engage with the screenshot. Do you want to, yeah. if you, right. If you mm -hmm. want to really, if this is clickbait screenshot it and then engage it that way. We're yeah, literally right. trying to build a company that doesn't do that kind of stuff. <laughs> so. Give the power to the people, make the decision. <laughs> yeah. We're not like that. Only clickbait yeah. screenshot clickbait. You can get creative with titling and even not bait people like that, not like with mm -hmm. the takes that they are coming yeah. up with. But I did think it was interesting. But hey, anything that if it is one of those like caught Mahomes off guard and isn't exactly thrilled, 
I'm not going to say I'm entirely upset about that because the more you can keep giving chips to that guy, Nick, you and I have talked about that for years. Uh, players will look for chips wherever they can find them. The best do it. You know, Kobe did, MJ did, like Brady does. Like they're going to look for anything negative out there. And if you're going to make it that easy, especially this offseason, yeah. um, keeping Patrick Mahomes locked in and with a little chip on his shoulder is not a bad thing at all. Uh, for where the Chiefs are at right now and not wanting them to get complacent or start to feel himself a little bit. Uh, I'm not upset in that regard uh, if it means that Patrick Mahomes has just got a little bit more of that petty Mahomes in him. Uh, that's going to be a good thing for everybody in Kansas City. All right, Nick, you're up. Blind nail, what you got? Who? Who? Okay, so with this, with the the rebuild of the, uh, the wide receiver room, um, with this offense clicking as well as it's going, uh, Blake Bell having surgery. Don't know how long he's going to be out for. Uh, Kelsey is your true number one. You know, um, MDS. You know, is good juju. Top top threats wide receiver. Who is going to be that best fifth read? Who's going to be that? You know, because uh, you watch the game, right? A um, lot of a lot of targets, right? A lot, lot of players are down. Who's going to be that that best fourth fifth read? for KC this season, this season. Hmm. I would love to say Clyde Edwards, Elaire because I've been screaming for him to be more involved in the <laughs> passing game for since he got drafted. Um, but man, that's a good question, especially now because I know they're not serious injuries, but the fact that MVS mispracticed with an injury, Juju hasn't practiced with an injury. McCall Hardman is dealing with a groin injury. So it's Justin Watson, the number two going into the game against Arizona uh, with McCall Hardman. Uh, but I would say most likely probably McColl, um, for that like fourth option. I think pra Travis Kelsey is obviously going to be your number one. I think you've got MVS or excuse me, you got Juju. Um, and then you got Sky Moore in there as well. So mm, that's a tough one. I still think it, at the end of the day, I think McColl Hardman is going to be the fourth leading receiver, uh, for the chiefs this season. Um, and I think he's going to have a great year. I think the Chiefs are going to flirt with having 3,000-yard receivers, which they haven't had Jeez. since Andy Reid has arrived uh, in Kansas City with their ability to spread the ball around. Um, so I would probably say McCole Hardman will end up being that kind of fourth option or the fourth leading receiver for the Chiefs this year, although I hope uh, <laughs> that Clyde Edwards-Alaire could get up there because I do think his ability to – Move laterally. He's not going to run away from people. We've talked about this before. He didn't have that breakaway speed necessarily. And at least he hasn't showed it yet to run away from people from behind, kind of like what we would see from Jarek McKinnon or Pacheco uh, with their kind of burst. But uh, yeah, I'll go with McColl, but I'm hoping Clyde uh, and it kind of has that impact in the screen game that I've been clamoring for for years. I'm going to keep saying it until it actually happens. <laughs> manifesting. You're manifesting. There you go. Put it in the world. Um, no, that's really – I like your thought process there, BJ, especially with McColl Hartman. When I was thinking out through it in my head, I was like, you know, McColl's probably that four, number five looking like Sky. But you know who wouldn't surprise me if they were that number four? It's Jody Fordson. Yeah, buddy. Uh, Jody Fordson. Joe Fordson hype train is in full effect. It's it's a nearing – it's nearing Isaiah Pacheco levels of hype. Um, and every August we get on this Jody Fordson hype train, and I'm fully on it. Our friend Nate Taylor wrote a good story about Jody Fordson, as he does every August. Uh, and, and I think it, listen, seeing that game from Jody Fordson just made me think he's back. He's got it. He's got that big body. They're lining him up at X wide receiver, out split out wide. He can do a lot of different things. I'm excited to see what he can do. And, and having him be that fifth target, that number four wide receiver, or number five in, in receptions, 
I'd love to see it. I, I just, I, you know what, Tucker, I, I love that because uh, as a wide receiver turned tight end, you know, the, uh, the chiefs are, are doing the, uh, the new England Patriots, you know, with uh, Gronkowski and, and Hernandez, right. Where you got the, these, these mismatches where this wide receiver, but now he's a tight end. So, you know, it's different. And it's like that, that creates a mismatch. And I, I think that's great. You know, the O-line's given protection, right? So this is yep. team, this is team football. O-line's given protection to Mahomes where he can make his third, fourth read on plays. And you said, you said Jody Fortson. I love here, what, two tight ends or two TDs. Mm-hmm. But I like last I, week. Yeah. B, what were you going to say, BJ? I got to get this stat out there before you guys go too far in this. And the only reason why, and it's not completely pushing against the Tucker, but this happens with fantasy. There are 12 tight ends in the NFL, according to ESPN's fantasy football rankings. Only 12 tight ends in the NFL that are projected to have at least 600 yards receiving. So if you're thinking the number Chiefs, if the number four receiving option for the Chiefs, how many yards do you project that that person will have? We just talked about three guys having a thousand. Is that fourth option going to have around 600 yards receiving? That would put Jody Fortson as a top 12 tight end in the league. I just don't think there's <laughs> enough targets. That's fair. He's the top so, 12 in my book. He's going to be red zone. Hey, I think I think Jody will, will have like 300 yards and like four TDs over the season. Yeah. You know? I th- so. I think the tight ends are tough. Like tight ends are tough uh, as far as just like hard numbers, especially when if you don't know how many 12, you know, personnel groupings that they're going to run. And when you do like Travis Kelsey is going to get a lot of the targets and those other guys, I would, I would be so happy if that ends up being the case, but it's just from a number standpoint. And we've talked about this before and it's probably why I'm a little triggered about it. It's just that there's not (laughs) that many targets left for a number two tight end in general. Uh, But if that does happen, Man, we'll come back to this date of you know Wednesday, August twenty fourth, outside the trenches, and Tucker can just dunk on everyone. <laughs> Me but, but listen, they were running thirteen sets. They were running. They were running three tight end sets. I when we were at the Kingdom Bar, I was I leaned over to Kent and was like, "There's three tight ends on the field right now with Jody Noah Gray and Travis Kelsey." It was like. I don't know how much to actually do that because so, so we're gonna yeah. go by w- formations and personnel groupings in the preseason or a- no? <laughs> yes, we are. Yes, we are. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes, Tucker. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. All right. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Yes, we are. I'm in. <laughs> he lifted. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do this. I don't want to drink coffee Honestly, straight. I don't want to. I don't want to take that. Right. Exactly. It's a great problem that we're sitting here and we could debate four guys who could be the number four option. And he's yeah. probably he's probably the last one. Of, I mean, you look at Clyde, McColl, Sky Moore, maybe MVS, and then Jody Fortson. I mean, there's five guys that could uh, realistically be that option. I would put Jody at the bottom part of that five, but it it's a good thing uh, for your offense to have that many guys that you think could step up. I mean, hell, Justin Watson at this point, from what we've seen, yeah. uh, what's stopping that guy from making plays? That that is who I'm going with because you you put him on my radar last week when you said he was going to be like the, the underrated, most valuable player. And I'm like, okay, I'm watching him. And then the first couple of drives, like just as big, uh, his two catches, Justin's two catches, he had a, a third and 10 conversion and a third and six conversion. And those were like red zone conversions, right? So they were, mm-hmm. you were in your opponent's territory, extended drives, got him in the red zone, you know, set up both those, those Jordy Fortson uh, TDs. So to me, and then you look at it from his spot as a wide receiver, he's going to get the stats, you know? So if you're a fantasy guy, uh, you know, 
Justin Watson might might be your you know last pick right type type concept because this this offense will flourish. They rebuilt the O line. They got two two solid running backs uh, just to just to keep it in check. Uh, they're probably going to run the ball 15 times a game. And Tucker, to your point, they'll they'll throw the ball 60 times a game, right? So they'll they'll further decrease the touches for running backs and get up the the tight end the, the third string tight end stats. <laughs> he's like i hate you guys with all my heart with all right, my heart right now <laughs> i'm just trying to stoke the joe ford i like that's all i'm trying Let's to do, do it i'm about it because if, if you would have said Justin, i would have said jody because it's like i just i don't know i just think both no. those guys could be interchangeable it's really good and then consistency throughout the season man so we'll see sorry to bring s- stats and logic to your guys's conversation yeah, i think stats stats can be maybe uh you know massaged finessed used Fair in enough. Situations. Don't care about our feelings they don't they really don't <laughs> all right that's what we got for blind nil guys as we wrap this show up final word from each of you what are you most looking forward to seeing on thursday night the chiefs take on the packers final preseason game tucker well the starters aren't playing for the packers matt lafleur said that um another game where we don't ever get to see aaron Rodgers and patrick mahomes i think aaron Rodgers is scared of patrick mahomes i'm gonna say right. it uh he's been avoiding him uh, Jordan Love played last time. Let's ignore the fact that COVID played a role in that, but just say that he's scared of Patrick Mahomes. That's my final thought. Uh, my oh, final, yeah. my my final thought is I'm just I'm just curious to see how this roster shapes up. Um, I promise not to watch a second of this game coming mm-hmm. up. I promise you that. I do not. I do not watch these games. They're so terrible. Like the roster's been decided. Like I've got buddies who say the opposite. Yes. I was I'm one of those bubble guys. I was a bubble guy. Mm-hmm. I, I, this brings back bad memories. Um, it's, it's I fair. feel sad for the guys. You know, it's like this it's difficult time. Um, let's just move on to real football. Good football. That's interesting to hear that perspective of being a sad, scary time. Cause I know that guys are fighting for roster spots and not thinking big picture. Uh, but I've always appreciated this game and not to be too sappy about it, but I appreciate it because for, for a handful of these guys, and some guys will get picked up on, you know, middle of the team or middle of the season, they'll get picked up on a practice squad. They'll get other opportunities, but a lot, there are a handful of guys on this team that this will be the last time that they, you know, put on an NFL uniform and step out on the field. And even though we, we talk about them as, oh, there's no guy, there's no chance that guy has of making the roster he's still one of the best to do it on every team he's ever been on his entire life. That dude is a dude to everyone that he grew up with. And they have stories of him playing in high school and college and being the best. And this guy is going to go to the NFL for most of those guys. And so I'll always appreciate, and I loved it when I was at the chiefs being on the sideline and getting to see, you know, the Travis Kelsey, the Patrick Mahomes celebrate uh, with the guys on the the bottom end of that roster, because those are moments that those guys are going to tell their grandkids about like, Hey, I played on the chiefs barely, but there's footage of it. And I got a picture <laughs> of Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> the best quarterback to ever live, you know, dabbing you up on the sideline. So in that regard, like I'll always appreciate uh, what these guys um, have an opportunity to do on Thursday. And the fact that for some moments, it's going to be last time they ever put on an NFL uniform, but I know we're all excited for the season to get going and we'll have, you know, a couple weeks before they've got that game against the Arizona Cardinals as Brett Veach and company get the roster down to 53 guys by next Tuesday. Waiver claims on Wednesday. Interesting to see how that all plays out and interesting to see how Ronald Jones situation plays out. And we'll have more on that in case he has an upset update today. So make sure you check that out as Tucker and I will break down our seven players to watch 
on Thursday night in that game. Uh, but we appreciate you all for watching. Please don't forget to like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Subscribe and follow us on the podcast platforms if you're listening to the audio. And drop a review if you like what we're doing, not just on this show, but on the entire network. We appreciate that support and that feedback. For BJ Kissel, Tucker Franklin, and Nick Leckie, thank you for listening, and we'll see you all next time. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.